the America's Jobs Team Podcast for economic developers by economic developers. Join the Consultant Connect team every Thursday for discussions surrounding the latest in our industry. Learn from fellow economic development heroes, get leadership advice, keep on top of industry trends and shifts, and so much more. You are a part of America's Jobs Team. And we're so glad that you're tuning in. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the America's Jobs Team. I'm Carla Sones, and today is my lucky, lucky day. And here is why. You may not know her, but I have had the pleasure of knowing her for the entire time that I worked at Consultant Connect. In fact, the person that I get a chance to host on the podcast today is the real OG of Consultant Connect. She was the creator, the inspiration, the person who got this company started. So we have with us Jennifer Owens, who currently is the president of Lakeshore Advantage, which is up in the Holland area of Michigan. But she had deep roots in our foundation here at Consultant Connect and really exciting, was named one of the top 50 economic developers of 2022. So it's really cool to have you on the podcast today, Jen. I can't wait to hear from you and learn from you. You obviously have played a big role in my career. And so it's super exciting to be on the podcast with you today. Oh, thank you, Carla. And it's fun to be called an OG. I'm like, wow, okay, this is awesome. So- oh, yeah. Well, listen, we would not be here if it had not been for you willing to take a risk. And we get so many compliments for being so innovative and for the focus on the details. And I remember when I first started working with you and at the time, Katy Perry, and I was like, whoa, they focus on every single detail. Like nothing goes. And I, I'm so grateful for that foundation now and that we're known for that as a company. And I, I would not have been able to see all those details had it not been for you. So you were the founder of Consult Connect. Let's start there because I'm sure people are kind of wondering how this idea came to life. So tell us like your version of the story of how Consultant Connect hit the ground running and what was kind of the thought process behind this company at the time? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I was looking back and I'm like, oh, how did that crazy idea come about? You know, I've got a lot of crazy ideas and sometimes they do well and sometimes they don't do so well. And so I really think Consultant Connect was a lot about, and I want to give a shout out to Ron Kitchens. He built a team that was really about empowering people and encouraging them to do big things outside of their scope of work. Before, you know, coming to Southwest Michigan first, I worked, you know, in a lot of different economic development organizations. And Ron really ran the organization. And I think Consultant Connect is too, like a consulting company. And so he really encouraged everyone on the leadership team to diversify our revenue, look at things we do really well as an organization and that other people might pay us to do it. And so it didn't necessarily have to be within our, you know, geographic area. And so that really got me thinking. And I put together a business plan to really take a lot of the site consultant work that we did at Southwest Michigan First, and I know you still do, um, that was really best in class. And take that work and some of the education we do with local economic developers and kind of scale that on a national level. And so I remember walking into Ron's office with a, a really you know, small two-page business plan. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. He might shoot it down. He might not. And, you know, sometimes he was really not liking things. Sometimes he loved them. And he really loved this concept and told me, you know, I like it, but we need to get an outside organization 
to kind of see whether or not it's good or not, you know, outside of our region. And we thought right away about uh, DCI, Development Counselors International, and Andy Levine. And so I met with Andy, and he liked it too. And it kind of took off from there. But really, it was a crazy idea that I didn't think, well, I didn't know at the time that it would do all the great things you all are doing. And really, it's a testament to you and your leadership, Carla, is where it is now. You put the crazy idea into action. Well, that I did because shortly after you launched the crazy idea and you 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 hired me, which you know I was just a good old public health educator who really did not understand economic development. And I will never forget the day you were like, "I'm taking the leap and and moving on in my journey." And I was like, "But but what? But what? I don't know what I'm doing." And you were like, "No, you're going to be great. You're going to run this company someday." And I was like. She has lost her mind. I, I don't know what she's talking about half the time, but I did figure it out. And I am really happy that you not only launched Consult and Connect, but that you selected me and that we've been able to kind of build on your, what seemed like a crazy wild idea, two-page business plan is now a livelihood for me and my family and so many other staff members. So it's really cool. So enough about Consong Connect. I want to dive into what you're doing at Lakeshore Advantage. Sure. So one of the things that I've been kind of following, and you probably don't even realize I've been following, but I have, is what you're doing with entrepreneurs. So you just recently started an incubator called Surge. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you started that and where you and, and Lakeshore Advantage kind of see that going over the course of the next few years? Yeah. And, you know, each community is different in terms of whether or not entrepreneurial programs work. But for the community that I support in West Michigan, a lot of the larger businesses are really homegrown. And so they were entrepreneurs with a big idea um, that started in their garage and the community came around alongside it and helped it grow and be successful. And so about five years ago, we really got very serious into broad-based entrepreneurship. And we did that through a tax capture mechanism called the Smart Zone here in Michigan, which allows us to capture uh, the increase in property taxes. And so we've been building kind of an ecosystem of programming support, investment programs in our entrepreneurial sector and high-tech, high-growth businesses. But we haven't had actually a physical home for this. And the reason is I have, I'm kind of a student of economic development, and I've seen a lot of organizations drive with creating a big building when they want to create entrepreneurship and they say, oh, if we make it, it'll come. And uh, a lot of times that big building is empty for a really long time, and then it ends up being some other use. And so we really wanted to first build the base of entrepreneurs, understand what their needs are and put the programming in place. So five years later, we finally got there, and in February, we did open a business incubator for high-tech, high-growth companies, really because our entrepreneurs wanted it. And even past COVID, they said, we want a community, we need a space, we want to be together. It's real lonely being on our own. And so we opened it in February, and we already have 20 tenants today, which is kind of crazy. We thought maybe 10 by the end of the year. So, so far, so good. But as any entrepreneurial story, you know, there's ups and downs, but so far it's been a good investment for our organization and really for our community. I think it's the right thing to do. And as we're all working with attracting talent into the area, we really thought it's important to get very serious about entrepreneurship because 
the new game for all of us is going to be talent attraction and development and having a strong entrepreneurial climate really is an anchor um, for talent attraction as well. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. And one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Jennifer, is that, and you said it already, like you're a student of economic development, like you're always, even when you're like laser focused on one aspect of your role or what's ahead of you for the day, you're just really keenly aware of what's going on in the industry and what's going on in the, in your community and the world and how that could potentially impact. So I'm just curious, kind of like what kind of trends are you seeing out there on the horizon for economic development? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, we all support our existing primary businesses and it's kind of the wild west right now of, you know, we're in a, we're in kind of a major inflation. We've got supply chain issues. People can't get goods and services out and we have issues finding access to talent. And so really the biggest trend that we're studying and trying to embrace is this industry 4.0 which is looking at, you know, automation, computer technology, any way that we can upgrade the skills of manufacturing to, in in some cases, replace the talent that we don't have. So I think for anyone who has a really strong manufacturing sector, getting real deep with those companies and making sure they are taking advantage of what can be automated is going to be important because quite frankly, we just don't have as many people in the workforce as we did before. And so that's for us, you know, a really important initiative. And then supply chain and logistics as well. So we've got a lot of great growing logistics software companies. And the one who can get the products out the fastest and the quickest is going to win right now. And that, like I said, that's a crazy game when we're looking at who's open and closed. But for me right now, those are two big industry sectors that we're watching and supporting. Yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it is the wild, wild west out there. Like, I think people are all trying to figure out how do we stay within a cost model when we can't find people or may have to pay overtime bonus pay and the cost of goods and services are higher and you have, you know, all the supply chain hiccups and it just feels like it's really wild out there. Um, So let's talk about your leadership for a second. So I had an opportunity to work with you. So I have my own, like if somebody said to me, what's general and superpower, I would like be able to list like five things, but I'm curious to hear from your perspective, what kind of is your leadership superpower? What's that kind of like skill that you feel like has helped make you so successful? Um, Well, I think I can connect the dots, I guess, in some ways. So I can see different people's superpowers and connect them together to make things stronger. So I feel like one of my greatest skills is being that super connector and seeing things that other people don't like this person should fit with this person. And here's how it goes in some ways, almost being like this master puzzle maker, although I hate puzzles, but when it comes to human capital or programs and support, like I can fit them together to make them more effective or tweak and change things to make them better. And um, I think as economic developers, we always have to be looking at how do we twist and change and what person's in the right seat? And so I think I'm pretty skilled at that. And also just always being a student, you know, always reading and studying and realizing that I've never hit the ceiling of learning. And so, yeah, just understanding industry trends and outlooks and new technologies is really important. Yeah, well, I will agree with everything you said. And I remember when I first started working for you, I was like, she is so wicked smart and so fast. Like you move so quickly without mistake that it is unbelievable. 
And you kind of mentioned connecting the dots, but it's almost like you see four different ways that things could go. And you always have like backup plans, but the best planners always do. But you always had it so quick. Like it was almost like you had a plan without planning. Like it was just. I make, it was I make a lot there. of errors too, but thank, thank you, Carla. Yeah. You did, I sure didn't see them. Like you're, uh-huh. you're mad fast and just yeah. always, always on a good idea. Like you came up with good ideas quick. Like it wasn't yeah. like, give me a few minutes and I'll come up with something. <laughs> it was like, you know what? We could try this. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> but the, well, this is the benefit. Like if you have, if you have good ideas, but you don't have the people who are strong in implementation, which I wouldn't say is my strongest skill set, then as a leader, you're not successful. And so at the time you were a great implementer. I'm sure now you're the visionary, but finding people who are really strong or Katie was really strong in implementation or Justine Griffin. It was like surrounding myself with people who complement what I don't do very well or I don't like is another way I've been able to be strong is recognizing your deficiencies and then getting people who do that way better than you do. Yeah. And I think you also, you're just really courageous. Like you come up with ideas and you're not afraid to say them. And I, I definitely saw that early on in my career, but even this last year, like working with more of the economic development community in Michigan, like and working through like legislative issues and like trying to get people to reach consensus, like you're just kind of like not afraid of throwing the idea out there. And if people are like not with it, you'll come up with an alternative path. And I just really admire that about you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, I'm curious, you know, you've kind of come up in this industry there's so many women in economic development that look up to you. And I'm just curious, like, what advice do you have for the rest of us that are kind of like following in your footsteps in a lot of ways in a world that has been historically a little bit more of a male dominated profession? A lot of times you're sitting around even our own board meetings, and it's mostly men, mostly Mm -hmm. older men. Um, (laughs) What advice do you have for women in this profession? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of did a good segue into that. My advice is like, put your hand up and let your voice be heard. Because I think women all too often hold themselves back. It's not that they don't have the ability to do it. They often say, this might be a bad idea, but, and then they put their idea out there. And so I think it's not just crediting yourself, just let your voice be heard. And then, you know, oftentimes I'll have an idea. And if someone doesn't back me up, usually it's a man then it doesn't move forward. So I think it's also building those strong allies that are men or women who will amplify your voice and your messages and your insight. And if you listen to it, if you're a leader and you hear a woman say something, and it's usually often a woman, not a man, if someone doesn't amplify her voice, her opinion, if it's a crazy idea, people will move past it. And so you've got to find someone who will amplify your voice and develop mentors and, and other leaders who believe in you who will let your voice be heard. But I mean, don't, don't hold yourself back. Um, yeah. Say it. And don't I know. Credit it before you say it, like, I know. And you <laughs> said that to me so many times and I am still working on it. I've learned, I've certainly learned a ton from you, but it, you have a gift. Like you do it without it feeling like it's hard. Like you just naturally are so confident, but I love what you said about find people who will amplify your voice and like build those connections because, you know, sometimes people sit back and are kind of like, this is what's happening to me instead of thinking about like, okay, these are the circumstances. This is the end goal. And I need to do what I need to do to get to the goal. And sometimes your action step is building the right network. 
you know, yeah. building the right allies. And there, there is action to be taken that, you know, not to just sit in like what may feel like a victim position for some people. For sure. Um, okay. So I want to close today's podcast with hearing one of your favorite economic development stories. So I didn't prepare you so that it would come like really off the top of your head, but you've been in economic development. You were in Ann Arbor for a while. You were in Southwest Michigan. You've worked for the state of Michigan. You're now at Lakeshore Advantage. You started Consultant Connect. Like you've been in this industry for a little while. What are the one or two like moments in your career projects that you worked or just kind of significant milestones that you're really proud of? Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many great projects and, you know, I've done a lot here in Holland with LG Chem. It's, you know, one of the largest battery producers right now in the state. And that project's taken twists and turns in years. But I guess I want to maybe say more with a trend than a story that I see. Because again, I'm the dot connector, right? What I found more than likely is the biggest projects, it's about relationships and knowing the individuals and the decision makers and what makes them tick. It's not always about the data. It's about that person. And knowing that person and knowing what their soft spot is or what really resonates with them and developing the pitch to that individual that will make them say yes is huge. There's a company in Kalamazoo, and I don't even know how they're doing now, but Park Orchids, uh, they manufacture orchids and they have an indoor lab in Kalamazoo. But that company was all about family. It was a father-son generation and so the pitch was about this is a family-owned businesses are supported here. That you know it's a greenhouse capita, and really a company out of Germany felt like it was home to them to set their location up. And so with all the projects we work as like, how does that decision maker feel like this is their home and what's important to them? Not about what worked for me or what big story I have to tell. And so I guess that's kind of somewhat the secret to whatever success I've had is just those relationships and knowing those individuals. And yeah, and it all ties back to that ability to really like see the people and to connect all of the dots. And you do that so wonderfully. And I've seen you build a team and be able to do that, not only here in Kalamazoo, but also you know, seeing you do that at Lakeshore Advantage. And I, I have to believe that that is why you were picked as one of the top 50 economic developers is that you've built an incredible team up at Lakeshore Advantage and are doing some really cool things. And it's so exciting to see you continue to flourish and to be really successful in your career. And cannot thank you enough for launching this crazy company called Consultant Connect. And I love every time I get to spend time with you. And so I hope we get to see you again sometime here real soon. Yes. Thank you, Carla. And you and the team are awesome. And it's been a pleasure to watch you grow. You should get the best and brightest. You're amazing. So well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're so kind. Thanks for sticking with us till the very end. This podcast is sponsored by Research on Investment, Lead Generation for Economic Development, and Gazelle AI. Spend more time closing, less time chasing. Did you like what you heard today? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The America's Jobs Team podcast is audio engineered by Andrea Fuller and produced by Faye Davis.